Welcome to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch, and this is a podcast of conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. Here with me today is Mary Foley, the Managing Director of Telstra Health. Telstra Health is one of the largest Australian-owned health technology companies and is a subsidiary of Telstra Corporation, which is Australia's largest telecommunications company. Prior to joining Telstra Health, Mary was Director General and Secretary of New South Wales Health for a five-year term. She has previously held roles as National Health Practice Leader for PwC Australia, Chief Executive of St Vincent's and Marta Health Sydney, and a Senior Executive at a major listed Australian healthcare company. Mary was appointed as a member of the Order of Australia for her contribution to public administration in health and education in 2016. She has received the Centenary Medal from the Federal Government for her business leadership in the private sector, and she is a former Telstra New South Wales Businesswoman of the Year. Hey, Mary, how are you going? I'm going very well, thanks, Peter. Good, good. This is the first time I've done like a, you're not on a computer in front of me. This is like an in-the-room recording at a appropriately socially distant space. So, And after the last six months, a novel experience for yes. me too, to actually <laughs> I, have human contact in 3D. <laughs> I've never been so excited to sit in a boardroom before, but that's amazing. So really looking forward to going through a bunch of different things with you and, and hearing some stories. So let's kick it off. I mean, you've had a... You've had a pretty distinguished career in healthcare. Tell us about what led you to where you are now in being the managing director of Telstra Health. Thank you for that question. It's always an interesting one. When I first took on the role, a lot of my colleagues in health said, what are you doing? But I have always throughout my career, which has been in both the public and private sector, it's been at the policy end, it's been at the delivery end. And I also have an academic role with Western Sydney University where I teach health systems and health policy to masters of public health students and health masters of health management students. And you can't be responsible for healthcare and good health care delivery, either at the government policy end, at the delivery end in the public sector, at the delivery end in the private sector, without taking digital into account. And that's been increasingly the case in this century. And now I think with COVID, this has only been accentuated about how important it is. And so I've certainly learned about, certainly when I was at PwC, I became much more literate in how profound digital applications in health could be for whole health systems, being both head of health consulting in in Australia, but also part of the global PwC health team and getting to work in other jurisdictions overseas. And then in working with all the challenges that any state health system faces, digital has to be just a key piece. It's not the answer, it's an enabler, but it is a key piece that will be how health systems continue to be accessible, affordable, sustainable, uh, a higher quality and better integrated for the patient and a better patient experience and even more importantly, better patient outcomes. So as somebody who's passionate about the key place of health systems in any society or community and how you have good public policy around how that works with a multiplicity of players, public and private, large and small, digital has always taken a a high priority in Mm. the range of options I've always deployed. And now when the opportunity came, when I thought I had retired (laughs) and I was just looking to do some academic teaching in a a more relaxed lifestyle, I couldn't resist when 
the opportunity arose quite by surprise at the time from a conversation about joining the board of Telstra Health, which we have our own bespoke board for the business, turned into a conversation about becoming the managing director. And and I couldn't uh, resist it. And I haven't regretted it for a moment over the last three years. Telstra Corporation, obviously a very well-known name in Australia. There are a lot of listeners outside of Australia too that would probably know the name. But what's the background? How did it get into health, the, the background of Telstra Health generally, how that started, the, the highs and lows and, and how it's got to where it is today? Yes. Well, I was one of those people and there were many of us in the health system at the time who around 2013-14 who observed Telstra making the decision that for their future development, taking a long-term view, that a sensible adjacent investment, which as I've learned since I've been here in the management jargon, (laughs) it means that it's not a core activity of a company such as a a telco, just as for the company I worked in the 90s, which Mm. was transport logistics, healthcare was certainly not their core business. But it's an adjacent investment, but it has some relevance and connectivity with the core business of Mm. of the telco in this case, but is clearly a separate business. And then Telstra recruited uh, Shane Solomon, who had a strong public sector leadership background, both here and overseas, and a passionate advocate for where digital health was a necessary part of health systems. And that first phase, and we've really been through three phases, was to have that vision as to what this could be, and then making a whole series of acquisitions, which has then given us in Telstra Health a unique footprint, which really differentiates us, and most importantly, gives us the capacity to look at the interconnectivity of different parts of the health system based on deep knowledge and experience in each of the verticals of a mm. health system. So that was phase one. And I think why we were excited was those of us grappling with health systems and, and how to improve them, looking for solutions that really work. Mostly available solutions are all offshore ones built for other systems. And so the idea that an Australian, a big company, Australian company like Telstra was willing to invest to develop this area in Australia, we thought was sounded a good thing mm-hmm. and that we watched it with interest. The the next stage was really then experimentation and now we've got all this, is it just a collection of individual things or how does it come together to make a, a, a difference and, and where, where the whole is more than the sum of the parts. And so various things were tried and during that time some of those things didn't work. That's what happens when you're going in an experimental period, but some did. And so then we come forward to 2017, which is when I started and we're really into that next phase of how do we bring it all together and bring this into a, a a coherent business now that has a clear direction. And in that stage, we really focused on building out our signature product suites, including interoperability between products, and on some signature deliveries that we'd been commissioned uh, both in the public sector and private sector to deliver, and then prove ourselves in a very practical way in the market as to how these things could come together. So so that's been our story so far. And now we're, I think, going into our, our next phase, which is having done that we really are in that process of becoming rather than a list of products. When I was mm. trying to understand Telstra Health when I was first asked about joining it, I googled about it and its own website and it really, many other sites of other vendors are, is it was a list of products, you mm. know, sort of here's our, here's our stock list. Yes. <laughs> you can buy a product off the list. Yeah. Where we are now it's very much that we're about health solutions and we can work with both public sector and private sector at the delivery end at the jurisdictional end and the policy whole of system structure end. And we are increasingly sought after to provide advice. So we're developing our advisory arm. and that, But that advice is rooted in 
our deep product and delivery capability so that we're able to bring very practical solutions that can embed into systems, meeting them where they are, but then take them to another level of possibility. And that's the hard part. Anybody can envisage what in 10 years or take whatever time horizon you like, Mm. a, a beautifully digitally enabled health system, supporting the patient, integrating around the patient, removing duplication, getting people onto the right pathways, supporting clinicians to have the right information when they've got a patient in front of them, etc. We could all describe how beautiful that would be. The hard part is what are the practical steps to get there? And those practical steps are not necessarily about the tech, except which tech to deploy. It's much more about the process of clinical flows, the regulatory environment, the funding environment, and how health systems and health provider organisations and clinicians are endeavouring to move models of care, move and improve how systems work, and then how you can start to deploy key pieces of technology, not as little pilots everywhere that can't then scale, but at scale that can really start to shift the needle on how healthcare is delivered. And once you do that, then that creates the new platform that the next slot of growth, and that's how you, over 10 years, you can envisage that there will be a system that works very differently. Yeah, makes a lot of sense from that end and looking at it from the the top down. From From a practical level or from a, like, what the average health tech punter would have seen on the street, like, is there, are there products or services or, or, or interactions that doctors or nurses or admin staff or even patients would have had with Telstra Health products that they wouldn't know with Telstra Health? They're not branded as the, this is a Telstra Health thing, but, like, there's products and there's advisory. Advisories, are, it's, that, that's, we're helping bring it all mm. together. But mm. what are the interactions of things that, like the actual products that people are using that um well so, some people will be more aware that it's Telstra Health than than others on the, at the clinical call face mm. we have tended to move away from with a few exceptions from from the individual brand names or company names which those products might have originated from in their early forms mm. uh, so that we have a Telstra Health electronic medical record we yeah. have Telstra Health aged care products and in, in clinical and medications and administration so the name is increasingly used and that represents too that we we have folded all those entities and companies into a, a single wholly owned subsidiary of uh, of Telstra called, yeah. t- called Telstra Health Baraitry yeah. Limited. Rather than just being a, an acquirer. Or, yes, yeah. rather than being a yeah. corralled group of acquisitions, yes. each their own, own yeah. business. So we merged many payrolls into one <laughs> consistent system yeah. and all of that. So we've come together as, uh, as one organisation. So I think there's much more awareness now that people are dealing with Telstra Health, though if you've had a residential aged care project for decades, then you're still probably going to you know, mm. call it eye care yeah. <laughs> um, and so on and go, oh yes, that's right, you're Telstra Health, yes. aren't you? So there's yes. still some of that. But then the new things that we're doing does raise that level of awareness mm. that we are actually in a position to start to what I call join the dots yes. and to come up with solutions that can be quite groundbreaking. And that's done in concert with the policymakers and with health system managers that can see the possibilities and then say, now, how would you do this? And, you know, we have the opportunity to put forward proposals as to how it could be done and then to implement it and in some cases to run it also. So things like the National Cancer Screening Register or real-time prescription monitoring, paperless scripts, which our joint venture, Fred IT, is deeply involved in. All of those things have, I think, given the people much over the last year or two, given people much greater awareness at the clinical coalface that it's Telstra. 
to hell. Got it, got it. And then being able to leverage the, I guess, the gravitas, for want of a better term, of t- the Telstra name to be mm. able to engage with those at a policy level. Cool, got it. Mm. Challenging role, though. What, what, what do you enjoy most about the challenges of working at Telstra Health? Uh, it has been challenging and it's challenging because of the challenge that is a global challenge of what's the way to bring about digital benefit to health systems. Everybody who works in healthcare or even from outside can intuitively, because we've all been patients, we all interact with health systems at different times of our lives, can intuitively see how digital solutions can really make a difference, but how to actually develop them in a way that can be adopted in clinical practice that can fit within the systems and structures that particular countries have for how healthcare is delivered and paid for, and and also the different uh, challenges that all all different any health system all the different parts of it whether they're a, you know, all called the NHS in the UK or much more diverse systems with public private mixes all have the silos between primary health care allied health community health social care aged care hospitals general practice and they'll all have their own systems and need their own systems and need to choose their own systems so that challenge of how you bring it together these are the challenges worldwide so there's often a lot of nonsense talked about where people say Oh, you know, implying that health and clinicians and people at the clinical coalface are somehow fuddy-duddy or Neanderthal or stuck in their way in terms of non-digital adoption. And m- my response to that, as somebody who spent more of their career at that at that front end than mm. in, in being sort of heading up a tech company, say no, I mean, no one is faster to adopt a new technology than a clinician who can see that it will benefit their patient. And Australia has a record of both technology development in clinical technology in healthcare and rapid adoption and application. But the thing is, if the software isn't able to be readily adopted and used when a clinician has a patient in front of them, then it's not going to work. And any amount of change management or rules-based organisation directives and so on is not going to change that. People will just find workarounds and so on. So it's much harder than simply digitising Banking, for instance, not that I want to un- under you know, acknowledge th- yeah. that, but the degrees of complexity and what we're talking about and the elements of safety I- and so on that have to be considered make that unique. So in terms of the challenges, what do I enjoy about the challenges? I think what I enjoy about them is with Telstra Health, having with you know, the backing of our parent Telstra, having the opportunity to bring together the expertise and the elements that you need to start to solve some of those challenges. So you've got to have deep technical knowledge, but you have to understand health tech and health tech standards. You have to know what an IHI is. You have to know what HL7 is. You have to understand the MBS and then how to interface with the MBS with all of the MyGov securities and so on around this. And this will be the case in any jurisdiction, any nation about how you fit into that. So you need to under that stage. And you also have to deeply understand models of care, healthcare delivery, the challenges in health policy, the dynamics of both the public and private sector delivery. And if you live in a federation like ours, the different parts of government and the different challenges and pieces that they're wrestling with. And so to have the opportunity in an organisation to endeavour to bring those things together to be able to offer solutions, and not just to offer solutions say, aren't we fantastic, we've thought of everything, here it is, just talk to us, we're brilliant. Um, It's much more about we can help and we can be a partner and work with you to see how various things could be deployed to create something that could work at scale, you know, for the nation or for a jurisdiction 
station or for a whole of hospital that will really make a difference. So that's the challenge. It's a global challenge. And what I love about it is if Telstra Health, the opportunity to bring some of those things together and do some really cool stuff, the opportunity (laughs) in partnership with health systems and aged care systems to do some really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. It makes a difference. There's never really been a bigger challenge than what everyone in the entire world is facing right now with COVID-19. How the the COVID question, how's that impacted Telstra Health internally and externally? Well, it's been a most intense time, Peter. And uh, and as I say, I, I reflect on FY20 as well. I'm in a business. I have quarterly reports mm. and, and a financial year that, that go, goes 1 July to 30 June. Mm. So so my, my thinking gets organised into those four quarters. But I can't really remember the first two quarters of last <laughs> no. financial year because of the COVID overlay. But look, it, it worked in a number of ways. I think what is most noticeable and the most important thing that has happened here in Australia but also globally is the importance of digital information and digital solutions to have the right information, in this case, at a whole of population level, as well as the challenges for individual providers, whether they're a hospital ICU or a GP practice or aged care, or whether you're public health um, doing contact tracing and management of, you know, whole of, by definition, whole of population challenging disease issues, which is not just for one whole country, but a, a global challenge has really accelerated the focus. And as part of that, not just to deal with COVID itself, but to ensure that people can still access healthcare because there is no treatment, that the only solution is various forms of social distancing and lockdown. How do you then make sure other vital healthcare is able to be safely accessed. And so that combination has two things happen for us in in business terms. Some of the big projects we were working on for some key providers, public and private, had to be postponed and deferred into the next financial year because people had to drop everything and organise around COVID and couldn't apply their minds to doing a a big implementation with their staff, etc. It would have been a silly thing to do. But at the same time, other things accelerated and as being seen, that we were working on that were seen as, well, if we get this in place, we'll be in such better situation coming out. Uh, a need for tactical short-term solutions in terms of practical things people needed and needed quickly. Plus, we suddenly had to gear up areas like our virtual healthcare to go from being bespoke, experimental, one-off implementations here and there as people try new models of care if they had a bit of funding for it or or, or if their organisation had let them have an experiment or something, to suddenly the whole nation needing to and being able to, with changes to the regulation, go at scale. So rather than during the COVID period just hunkering down working out the practical things for people particularly developers working in agile teams and things like this how to work for or call centers and so on yeah. how to do that from home it was a big challenge but rather than just hunkering down to do that and hunker down till we could get back to normal instead what we found ourselves doing was having to be bold and actually notwithstanding the challenges of trying to work in a distributed way and all of that reshape ourselves to, so that we could be fit for purpose and respond to all of these emerging shifts so so we shifted from having our corralled in one place, uh, small emerging markets group to a whole major business in virtual care, which we've had to scale up very quickly, establish leadership for, similarly with the primary and community health offerings. It was rural and regional Australia and their access to health care and the need for their access to health care and the opportunity to have that scale 
telehealth and some of those things, hospital in the home models has really brought into focus that digital can really make a huge difference for that whole mm. sector and so on. These are things that we've had to organise around and scale up very quickly. Mm. You spoke really briefly about regulatory changes and policy that needs to be made in this time. What are your thoughts on the government decisions during the pandemic that's enabled the use of digital health across the country? Well, look, I think governments collectively and you're obviously having the National Cabinet was a huge, somebody who participated in RMAC over <laughs> over many decades and hmm. the previous structures. And I think those structures have actually yielded a lot of benefit in terms of national health initiatives, let me say. But I think the national cabinet model has really meant that some of these more difficult regulatory environment things have been able to be taken on and in that whole area of population health, weighing up risk and benefit, move quickly on on some areas of deregulation to allow both, if you look in the paperless scripts area and in terms of telehealth Mm. uh, and the funding models to be able to get some very practical things quickly. The wonderful thing that then was seen was how readily everyone stepped up to that. So clinicians, patients, software providers, healthcare organisations embraced that rapidly and went at scale to the new models. It's allowed a lot of rapid development that otherwise was going to take a long time. Obviously, as we come out of that phase, then how to properly, what's the ongoing models around those for for long-term sustainability, for quality, for responsible funding models and so on, all needs to be worked out. But the impetus that it's had during COVID means that we've just been able to push forward on a lot of the fronts that were so difficult. And the reason they're always so difficult is if you want to have the benefits of an interoperable health system, distributed healthcare, connected back to facilities, people, expertise that can keep people safe, even if they haven't come into a clinic or haven't come into a hospital, then by definition, a system has to be interoperable. So it's very hard to get a small one-off model working with everything interoperable, whereas COVID has meant we've had to move at scale. And then the benefit of that is we can then start to see how to start to make these things work at scale. Yeah, totally. Hey, look, to round things out then, looking into the future, if there could be three big things at Telstra Health that you want to achieve over the next five years, what are they going to be? You had forewarned me of this question, Peter, and it was a, a, I found it uh, a, a good one to really think about because my problem was I sort of I probably got a list of twenty things. <laughs> and to be successful, you do have to you do have to focus. You can't do it all at once, but the temptation is there. Yeah. So look, the three big things for me are really building on where we've gone during the COVID period of being that trusted partner and enabler who can work with healthcare providers with. Clinicians, with patients and and with governments to develop and support the thinking around how these big shifts in using digital to improve health systems uh, and their effectiveness, their efficiency and so on can be done. And uh, that's to to really continue on that pathway uh, and now with rather than being an aspiration, something that we're routinely doing. That doesn't mean we take anything away from ensuring that we've got all the right systems, that our products are high quality, our delivery is is high quality and so on, but that the starting point is increasingly that people invite us to the table to be the partner thinking through the solution in Mm. the first instance. The next is that once people digitise, 
the very next thing that at scale, once you start to have widespread digitization of different parts of health or aged care systems, the very next thing people want to know is what else can we do with that? The first thrust is always just taking paper processes and making them digital. It has a whole lot of practical benefits just doing that from safety to efficiency and so on. But the next question, it takes you into the data analytics, artificial intelligence, decision support and interoperability because then people say, well, what could we do with that? That's the an area now that we're rapidly working on to develop. Uh, we have a strong AI and data and analytics capacity in our Dr. Foster business. We're very involved over the last 12 months in using that expertise to then start integrating with our product suite here in Australia. And it's also an area that we want to build out more from because that's where the benefits realisation part comes for organisations and systems, patients and clinicians. Mm. When you start to, if all you've done is save space of the medical records library (laughs) by digitising, well, that can be a benefit and it can be quantified, but it's that extra value in a practical way. And that extra value isn't having a million alerts that go off and drive clinicians Mm. crazy. That's just counterproductive. It's about having very smart systems that are highly configurable, governed within their health delivery organisation in terms of clinical governance that can be designed to support a best process of care, uh, you know, how to reduce falls, how to recognise the deteriorating patient and have the right alerts and, and so on. So I think that's a, a huge piece. And then for the third one, I think we're getting to the point now where we and uh, technology generally is and then where the processes of digitisation and where that sits within health systems as accelerated by COVID means that we really can get our teeth into some of these difficult new models of care around chronic disease management, earlier intervention, not having people fall through the cracks or spend time on wrong care pathways unnecessarily because they haven't plugged into the system in the right place or got the right guidance. It can be that people talk about postcode lottery as to whether you fall into the right pathway or not in terms of where you might access the system. I think now we're starting to get to the scale and level of commitment around digitisation for healthcare that we can really start to make some inroads to better models of care. And when I was on the other side of trying to have those integrated models of care and sort of saying, but we haven't got the technology to support it, for me, being able to be on this side and say, well, look, we think this is how you start to get there and this is what can be used to start to overcome those difficulties. And it doesn't mean the whole of the country has to adopt one record. As I keep saying, we're able to go the other side of the world to some remote place and shove a piece of plastic in a hole in the wall and get (laughs) cash back. And that didn't require every financial institution in the world to sit down, have a big conference and agree to adopt <laughs> one yeah. <laughs> one financial in-house system. Right, yeah. uh, and people say, yes, of course not, but it did involve standards and rules and other things around interoperability and, and all of those things and, mm. how, and then security and safety of people's financial data and mm. so on. And so I think we really are at the point where we can start to do some serious things that can really make a difference, say, between hospitals and general practice between aged care and hospitals between GPs and aged care and to me that's the most exciting thing that's in front of us over the next few years. Totally looking forward to seeing how that all plays out and I, and I will put some more information about where to find out more information about Telstra Health some of the things we're working on and some of those products in that suite as well in the show notes of this episode so Mary I feel like we could chat for another hour and a half but we won't so we'll have to leave it there thank you so much for your time. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to Talking Health Tech. My name is Peter Birch. Make sure you go check out our website for all our resources, including this podcast and the largest directory of technology solutions available to Australian healthcare practitioners today. Until next time, I'm out of here.